you in Jesus' wonderful name for this time that you have given us to come together. And Lord, uh, understand your plan and your purpose for the Islamic world. And Lord, that you love all people. God so loved the world. You love everyone. Lord, that you have chosen us to take this message of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And for that, we praise you and honor you. And thank you for this gathering of men and women that call upon your name and believe in your holy name. And Father, we give you all glory and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Don. It's a joy to be back again here among you. And uh, we had a good session there at the Sunday school. Those of you who were not there, you missed it. Uh, how many of you were there this morning? You all had a good time, didn't you? Great. Uh, as you heard this morning, I, as Don said, I, uh, I, am, uh, I was born and raised in the country of Iran, uh, born into a very radical home. My father was a Muslim scholar. And uh, I practiced uh, the Islamic law known as Sharia ever since I was a child. Uh, there are five major pillars to Islam that every Muslim has to keep. Four of them I kept, and one of them, number one, is prayer five times every day. A Muslim must pray five times every day in the Arabic language. Doesn't matter what country you come from, doesn't matter what uh, group of people you are from. Uh, as you know, there are 51 Islamic nations. Only 21 of those nations speak Arabic. And so I, I come from Iran. Iran don't speak Arabic, so we, I had to learn it by heart. Imagine being born in an American family and your mom and dad teach you a set of prayer in Spanish which you have no knowledge of and you have to pray five times in Spanish toward Mexico. <laughs> and that's what I did. I turned toward Mecca five times every day. You go up and down, several sessions of up and down, bow down on your knees and then get back on. You have to go all the way down to the knees, put your head down and have a set of prayer in every position in Arabic language. I had to study Arabic later when I grew to be able to read the Quran, study three years of Arabic, and to understand the Quran. Also, Islam commands the Muslims to study in the Arabic language if they want to read the Quran. Well, thank God, only uh, 200 million of 1.5 billion Muslims understand the Quran. Thank God not all of them understand, because had they, we would be in trouble. And so I grew up, uh, I did practice of Ramadan, which right now we are in it. I would fast 30 days in a row without drinking and eating as long as the sun was up. A Muslim is not allowed to eat and drink uh, during the sunlight. Well, thank God I got saved when I got to Sweden, because in north of Sweden, the sun doesn't go down for six months. <laughs> And so after a week, usually a Muslim will die of no water. So that's why there are no Muslims up there. <laughs> I guess the God of Islam didn't know that condition of the earth, of north of Sweden. But uh, I, I grew up in a Shiite family. Shiite believe in the imamat, the people that, the family of Muhammad, that after Muhammad's death, there were 12 sons and grandsons. And Shiite believe in these known as Imams, they considered them as the leaders, and many of them were massacred in Iraq by the hands of another Islamic group called Sunni. Uh, they behead them, they cut off their hands and their feet, and so the Shiite mourned a whole month, 30 days, 
every night, every day, they mourn uh, by various means. They have meetings in their homes, and they have processions throughout the, 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 the streets and the towns. I used to join these processions. One of these uh, is when you beat yourself with chains, because there were chains, so you display your compassion or partaking of their suffering. And so as a kid, I used to go in the streets for a whole month every night and beat myself. And some other kids would shave their heads and carry a little dagger and cut their head open as they're walking down the streets. And you see these kids are bleeding and chanting. And the reason for that is that's what they're told. That's the only way they can please God. A Muslim doesn't know how to please God uh, other than what Islam teaches them. And uh, because they don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about the salvation of Jesus. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit, about Islam, what Islam is. Uh, the word Islam or Islam or Islam means submission or surrender. The word is in Arabic. If you've got pen and pencil, you want to take note of these. You may come across some Muslims one day and you may want to know what you're talking when you talk to them about Jesus. A Muslim or Muslim or Musliman, all the same, means the one who surrenders to Islam or a follower of the religion of Islam. So Islam is the religion, like Christianity, and a Muslim is like a Christian, a follower, adherent of that religion. A tribe in Arabia came to Muhammad one time and they said, we believe in Allah. Allah is the God of Islam. Muhammad said, the God who sent him, his name is Allah. Muslims believe that they worship the same God that you and I worship. They worship one true God. But in reality, that God's character and personality and words and teachings differ tremendously from the God of the Bible. In Surah chapter 49, Surah means chapter in the Quran. Muslims believe in two sources of information for following their religion. Number one is the Quran, which has 114 chapters. And these chapters are not in chronological orders. Like, you know, in the Bible, we start with uh, <clears throat> the book of Genesis. How many books of the Bible are there? 60? 27 in the New Testament, the rest of it in the Old Testament. Uh, what happens is we start with Adam and we go all the way through the book of Revelation. Everything is in historical order. And really to count the whole thing, we're talking about 6,000 years from the day God created man. We don't know how far back God created heaven and the earth. That could be millions of years away. But from the time Adam on the earth until now, it's about 6,000 years. And so everything is in order, in order of the history. The Quran, there is no such a thing. There is no order, historical order to the formation of the Quran. Because Muhammad was illiterate. He couldn't read and write. So when these revelations came to him, the first verse of the Quran that came to Muhammad was Surah chapter 94, or chapter 94. And it says to Muhammad, he says, recite. That's what the, the word Quran means. In Arabic, the word Quran means to recite. So Allah said to Muhammad, through angel Gabriel, Gabriel uh, supposedly he was Gabriel, but we know that he wasn't. 
So Gabriel said to him, uh, recite. He said, I, don't, I do not know how to read and write. Then uh, the angel says, recite uh, the knowledge that Allah gives and teaches man to read and to write. Well, that very verse contradict Muhammad's life because he didn't teach him. That was his prophet and he couldn't read and write. And so, uh, so these verses would come to Muhammad by various means. An angel would appear to him or he would hear a voice from heaven. And every time he hears these revelations, he would fall down to the ground, foam at the mouth and gnashes his teeth. He become rigid and also like an epileptic seizure gets hold of him. And uh, he becomes very, very extremely afraid. Sometimes he would run home and says to his wife, uh, to his first wife to cover him. And his wife would throw a blanket on him to hold him because he was in such a tremendous fear. And that we see throughout the history of Islam, that Islam is based upon fear. So <clears throat> what happened was uh, Muhammad received these revelations and he would speak it. These revelations came to him in 22 years. And so when he speak it, his companion would write him down because there was no set time when these revelations would come. So they would write it down on a piece of paper or, or leather or, or, you know, tree bark, whatever they could find. And then later on, one of his leaders by the name of Khalifat Abu Bakr, he put them all together and slapped them all these revelations together. And uh, because there's so much contradiction against one another in these revelations, he burned three copies of them. He hold on to the fourth copy, what is known as the Holy Quran. A Quran is so holy to a Muslim that they're not allowed to touch it unless they do a ceremonial wash first. Their hands, their feet, their face. And then they have to carry it in two hands. You cannot open the Quran and touch the pages. When I got saved, I came to the Bible and the Christians would throw the Bible. I said, ooh. Because to them, a book is holy. The script is holy. The pages are holy. I was in the University of... Uh, California at Long Beach, massive university, 60,000 students. They asked me to speak, so I was in the courtyard and had a big session, and all these radical Muslims came, and they were all chanting and shouting and screaming right before I come. And so they did, they did their session, so it was my session, and I started teaching from the Quran. And these Muslims gather up afterwards, and they want to tackle me. Thank God I had five policemen protecting me. And one of them said, he... She said, she said, you're lying. She said, everything you said there was a lie. So I opened the Quran. I said, no, I said this. Here it's written. I put my hand on the Quran, going through pages. She and the rest of her gang were so furious at me. I mean, if there wasn't those policemen, they would cut my head off there in the middle of that university in Long Beach. Because I touch the script that is too holy for man to touch it. And thank God they have that belief system. And thank God they believe that you have to read the Quran in Arabic. You understand there are 1.5 billion Muslims on planet Earth in 51 nations. And out of these, uh, let me see if I can show these to you. Out of these 51, only 21 nations speak Arabic, which means uh, about 250 million Muslims. In other words, 1.3 billion Muslims do not read or understand Arabic. That's, if they did, you and I would be speaking Arabic today, not English. Because there's such a force in their religion, 
and their main commandment is to convert our Christians and Jews to the faith of Islam. So this tribe came to Muhammad. They said, uh, we believe in Allah. Muhammad said to him, the desert Arabs say, this revelation came from Allah. We believe, say you have no faith, but you only say we have submitted our wills to Allah. For not yet has faith entered your hearts. But if you obey Allah and his messenger, he will not belittle all of your deeds. For Allah is forgiving most merciful. In other words, a Muslim is not a Muslim until he surrenders fully to all the commandments of Allah. That's why radical Muslims can bomb a marketplace in Iraq, anywhere in Muslim nations, and kill their own people, Muslim people, because they believe they're not true Muslims. So a Muslim is not a Muslim until he surrenders. So a radical Muslim is a true Muslim. The question is, what is Islam? Is Islam from God? In 1 John chapter 4, in the Bible, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, plural, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So this is the, if you would, this is the testing matter. This is the, this is the, where we can test the spirit. Do they confess that Jesus, that God became flesh? That, that we know that they are of God or not. First John chapter 4, it, it says, And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Them meaning the spirits that confess that Jesus is not God, did not appear in the flesh. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, according to John, we can say that Islam is not is an antichrist religion. Uh, why? Number one, Islam denies the deity and the death of Jesus. Islam denies that. The word was in the beginning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In Surah chapter 4 verse 171, it says to Muslim, O people of the book, is now talking to the Christians and the Jews. Uh, Muslims believe that five people are of God and five of prophets are sent by God. Of course, they believe in 125,000 prophets, but they don't believe they all had books except these five prophets. Jesus, Moses... Uh, and uh, Je Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad are the three major ones. So when he says people of the book, he's talking to the Jews and Christians. Commit no excesses in your religion, nor say of Allah or God, but the truth. Christ Jesus, the son of Mary, was no more than an apostle of Allah, and his word which he bestowed on Mary, and the spirit proceeding from him, so believe in Allah and his apostles. So here he is telling us that Jesus was only a prophet, a rasul, a, 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 a sent one, an apostle. In Surah chapter, uh, continuation of that Surah, says, Say not Trinity, desist it will be better for you, for Allah is one Allah. Glory be to him, far exalted is he above having a son. To him belong all things in the heavens and on earth, and enough is Allah's disposer of affairs. In other words, Allah 
is not the same God as the Bible because Allah does not have a son. Allah is sonless. Surah chapter 5 verse 72. They who, they do blasphemes talking about us who say Allah is Christ the son of Mary. In other words, we blaspheme when we say Jesus was the son of God. But said Christ, O children of Israel, worship Allah, my Lord and your Lord. Whoever joins other God with Allah, Allah will forbid him the garden and the fire will be his abode. There will be for the wrongdoers be no one to help. That word, those who associate or joins other gods with Allah, in Arabic is the word mushrik. M-O-S-H-R-I-K. Mushrik. Mushrik is the one who associates a partner to God. They believe when we say God, Jesus is the son of God. They actually believe that we believe God has a family. Married Mary and produced Jesus. And so to them that's blasphemous. And so we will go to hell because we believe that kind of faith. Those who blaspheme, they do blaspheme who say Allah is of the three in the Trinity. For there is no God except one Allah. If they desist not from the word of blasphemy, verily a grievous penalty will befall the blasphemers among them. Here is now threatening the Christians that they have to cease to confess Jesus is the Son of God. It goes any further. Surah chapter 5 verse 75 says, Christ the Son of Mary was no more than an apostle. Many were the apostles that passed before him. His mother was a woman of blah, blah, blah. And so here again repeats that word that Jesus was no more than an apostle. In Surah chapter 9 verse 30 now becoming serious commandment. The Jews call Uzair, that's Ezra, that's a son of Allah. It must have been the Jewish at that time that believed uh, Ezra was, was a son of God. And the Christian called Christ the son of Allah. That is a saying from their mouth in this day, but imitate what the unbelievers of old used to say. Allah's curse be on them. So this idea of that Christians, Muslims love Christians, it's not, it's not according to the Quran. It's not Quranic. Because according to the Quran, uh, Muhammad and the God of Islam puts a curse on us because we believe Jesus. We're, de we're deluded away from the truth. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. Not only they deny the deity of Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus, they deny the death and resurrection of Jesus. Surah chapter 4 verse 157 it says, that they said in boast, we killed Christ, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. They actually believed that Judas was crucified instead of Jesus. And God delivered Jesus from being crucified. Because to them, a prophet of God cannot be killed by the hand of infidels. So they don't believe that Jesus was crucified. Well, the Bible says, without shedding of the blood, there is no remission for sins. If Jesus did not die on the cross, then there is no remission for your sins and my sins. Islam is an anti-Christian religion. O you people of the book, believe in what we have now revealed. Surah chapter 4 verse 47. Confirming what was already with you before we changed the face and fame of some of you beyond all recognition. And turned them inwards or cursed them as we cursed the Sabbath breaker. For the decision of Allah must be carried out. According to the Quran, Surah chapter 2, verse 256, Muhammad turned, or Allah turned an entire village of Jews into monkeys and apes and pigs 
because they broke Sabbath. Literally, that's what they saying, that Allah literally turned them into monkeys and pigs. And if we don't change our confession, Allah will do the same with us. Well, 1,500 years has passed, and I don't see any monkeys or pigs in the church. So he hasn't been able to do that. So that's a lie right there. Surah chapter 9, verse 29, it says fight. That word fight in Arabic is the word qatalo. It means kill, actually. But Yusuf Ali was a Muslim scholar who came to England and studied theology. And he started toning down the language of the Quran so that the West could accept it. So he toned down all the violence in the Quran in his translation in Arabic. But in Arabic, it says qatalo, kill. That's a commandment in the Quran. Kill those who believe not in Allah nor the last day. Nor hold that forbidden which has been forbidden by Allah and His Messenger. Nor acknowledge the religion of truth. That means Islam. In other words, that's you and I and the Jews. Even if they are of the people of the book, until they pay the jizayah with willing submission and feel themselves subdued. He says, kill all of those who are Christians and Jews who don't confess Muhammad being a prophet from God. But he says... If they do not confess, but if they want to be under your submission, then make sure that they are under your authority and they pay jizayah. Jizayah is what we call blood money. In Arabic country, in Arab nations, Christians, Coptic and, and Orthodox Christians that live in, uh, in Egypt, they pay a sum of money every month to radical Muslims for them just to stay alive, not to kill them. Many Coptic priests have died refusing paying this money called Josiah. Uh, by the time Muhammad was finished in uh, Saudi Arabia, there was not a single Christian or Jew in that entire land. He, he either exiled them or killed them all. So <clears throat> what do Muslims believe? Islam believes that Jesus was only a prophet lower than Muhammad in rank. Muslims believe that Bible is corrupt. They believe that this Bible we hold in our hands is not the book that Jesus brought. This is confused. This is all changed by various people. They actually have a Bible called Barnabas Bible. The Iranian government has published millions of it and spread it all over Iran. The Barnabas Bible talks about Jesus is coming or Muhammad is coming in the Muhammad is going to be the last prophet. So it's a Bible or is a Bible that was written in the 16th century by a, by a Muslim and they believe that's the true Bible. They believe that Christians are mushrik, those who associate partners to God. They believe all Christians and Jews must convert into Islam. They believe that America is an evil force and corrupt nation that must be stopped. Some facts about Islam, 1.5 billion Muslims in 51 Islamic nations, 21 Arab nations, 30 non-Arab, countries like Iran, Bangladesh, Turkey, Indonesia, which is the largest Islamic nations, with 240 million Muslims, these are not Muslims. So all Muslims are not Arabs. All Muslims do not speak Arabic, and not all Arabs are Muslims. There are many Arab, Palestinian Arabs that are Christians, Coptic Christians or Orthodox or Catholic Christians. Benny Hinn is, for instance, an uh, Arab, uh, but he is not. He was uh, Armenian Arab, 
and he is not a uh, Muslim. At least last I checked, but anyhow. Uh, there are six to eight million Muslims in the U.S. There are 8,500 mosques, Islamic centers, and schools and universities in the United States. Islam is considered the fastest growing religion in, uh, in America and in Africa. If the rate of conversion continues among the African Americans in the inner cities and prisons, uh, it's estimated by the year 2020, the entire inner cities of America will become completely Islamic. We will have inner cities of America will become completely Islamic. What can we do? You know, we talked about this this morning, that the reason that Muslims do not know God, it's because we haven't told them. We have not told them that Jesus died for their sins and that he rose again. I believe, not only I believe, but the scripture believes. If you turn your Bible, please, to the book of Romans. We read this scripture in our, our Sunday school today. It says in book of Romans chapter 10, For whoever calls, verse 13, Romans 10, 13, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How would they call upon Jesus if they haven't believed on him? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? In other words, they cannot believe in Jesus if they haven't heard. If they haven't heard who Jesus is and what he has accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good tidings. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Now notice verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have taken this verse, especially in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and have talked about the faith of Christians. But this is not what the Bible says about our faith. Our faith, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, came through the righteousness of Lord Jesus. This faith that he's talking about, faith comes by hearing, hearing the gospel, is when unbeliever hears the gospel and the faith of God comes to his heart about who Jesus is. That faith in Jesus only comes by you telling people, Jesus died for your sin, he went to hell for your sin, and he rose on the third day for your sin. For your righteousness. Romans 4.25 says. For our sins he was. For our offenses he was given up. And for our righteousness he, was rose, he rose up. In other words. It's by hearing that message of the gospel. That faith comes into our hearts. When I was in Sweden. For six months they told me about Jesus. When they gave me a Bible in Persian language. The more I read this Bible the more I got fascinated by the life of Jesus. The more I want to read about his healings. I was so fascinated by the healings of Jesus. Because in Islam, there are no miracles. The more I read about Jesus and his love, the more I, I want to read. So I used to sit till 2 o'clock in the morning and read the Bible. 
and the more I read, faith comes by hearing. The more I believed in Jesus, and the less I believed in Muhammad. The more fear rose in my heart that what if Muhammad is not a prophet of God? And after six months of struggling back and forth between the Bible and the Quran, I prayed a prayer. I said, Jesus, are you the son of God? Because that concept to a Muslim is, even the thought of it is blasphemous. I said, it, I can understand that, how God can have a son. Because all my life I was told God is only one. There is no one like him. He hasn't given birth and so on and so forth. He's not birth. He hasn't given birth. I said, but are you what the scripture says you are, what the Bible says? If you are, show yourself to me. Come into my room. Show your body. If you're alive, you should hear my prayer. And you know the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The following morning when I woke up, 3 o'clock in the morning, this is in the country of Sweden. This was summertime. Summer, sun is up almost 22 hours, 21 to 22 hours. So it's about three hours of darkness. So I had to get up early before the sun rises. I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning. And when I sat on my bed, for the first time, I heard the voice of God. And that it wasn't an audible voice, but his internal voice. The voice said to me, Reza, you don't need to pray like this. Your sins are forgiven you. And it wasn't so much of what I heard that affected me. It was what I felt on the inside. I felt somebody went inside of my soul and grabbed all that guilt and all that burden of sin and all that condemnation and yanked it out of me. I felt, to be honest with you, I felt like a little baby. And for the first time after 20 years of feeling condemned, because I'm not a morning person, so I miss my morning prayer a lot. And when you miss your morning prayer, you have to do extra prayer to catch up. So if I had to do two rounds in the morning, I had to do like five rounds plus the two rounds so God may forgive my miss. And <laughs> sometimes there would be for days I would miss it and it would just add enough. Exponential growth, you know. And uh, that morning I put my, my, my head back on that pillow and I felt like a little baby. I slept for the first time without feeling condemned. And ever since that day, I've been sleeping like a baby. I mean, be honest with you, I can stand and fall asleep. I've got so much peace in my heart, I can have a garage sale after ch church service this morning. Because, not because of my circumstances, but because of who Jesus is and what he has done. He delivered me. My family, when they found out that I'm Christian, my mother thought, my mother called me and cried for a whole year on the phone, every day. She said, who has forced you to become a Christian? Who has made you go this way? It, are they paying you for this? <laughs> I said, Mom, I wish they would, but they're not. And uh, my mother sent a telegram to the Iranian embassy that my son is mentally crazy. My father disowned me. My father said, if you were here, I would have killed you with my own hands. And until the point, the day, of he, the day he left the earth, he, uh, he disowned me from his family. My brothers and sisters, I've got eight of them, they all disowned me. Uh, but uh, one of them, my mother accepted Jesus before she went on to be with the Lord. And my sister. And uh, three days ago, I found out uh, one of my nephews from my sister, who is a, a sister's son who is extremely religious, that he accepted the Lord two years ago through watching our broadcast. We, we send TV broadcast 24-7 into the Middle East. And uh, many, they say as many as five to six million have come to the Lord 
for the past six years in Iran alone. Phenomenal move of God in Iran is taking place right now. We're going to see a video, five minutes video of this. And uh, God is really moving. And uh, I just had yesterday, I was on the Facebook, and I had another nephew that said, Uncle, I've never, I didn't even know that this boy exists. He said, Uncle, I'm, I'm son of so-and-so. I want to accept Christ. What do I need to do? But please be careful. My family are very religious. They, don't, they cannot know this communication between me and you. I thought, wow, thank God for Facebook. That you get a hold of family members and the gospel is going forth and communicate with you. The Iranian government is trying to shut us down. They shut our phones down for a while, our website down. They have been stopping our broadcast, uh, scrambling the satellite feed. Uh, because so many are converting and the news, even within the Iranian government, we have many high-ranking officials that are coming to the Lord and have accepted the Lord. And so it's a new time. It's a new season. But again, uh, what Paul said here, how can they believe? So I encourage you to do these three things. Number one, witness. Number two, pray that God may open a door according to Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. Open a door for the Islamic world that God's word may come to them. And number three, support. How can they go unless they are sent? I have several books here with me. You know, knowledge is the key. You can sit on your potato couch at home. And if you have a potato, anybody's got a potato couch at home? <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of potato. If you look down underneath, there's a lot of potato falling down there. But uh, you sit there and hear all these news. Oh, they're building the mosque in 9-11 in and uh, on ground zero. And nobody can stop it because they have, according to the Constitution, nobody can stop that. Unless, unless we pray it, we stop it through prayer. Just like that Muslim scholar said one time, he said, we will use your freedom to invade your land and we will use our law to dominate you, dominate your land. And this is what they're doing. Islam is becoming more and more prominent in this land. And soon they will, their numbers would out, out, outnumber us. And soon they will come to a place where they will have political power because they have so much money behind them. And they will have vote power. And whoever has got number in voting, politicians don't care if you're a Muslim or you're a Christian or you're a Hindu. They want your vote. And you can worship whatever you want to worship. Not realizing that the more Muslims grow in this country, Muslims have one thing in mind. When I was a Muslim, I lived in this country in 1978 as a radical Muslim in Houston, Texas. In that time, there were only one mosque in Houston. And our whole goal was to convert that city and eventually convert the land. Today, there are 90 mosques in the city of Houston, Texas. And... Uh, their numbers is growing. They're, they're, they're aggressive about their faith. Christians come to the church one Sunday and they go home and live their lives. But Muslims, they, they, they live every day for the sake of their faith. Every day they sacrifice their family members for the sake of their faith. So knowledge is, knowledge is a strength. The more we know, the stronger we are. So I encourage you to get this book, Inside Islam. Became the bestseller. The Lord spoke to me in 1995 about writing this book. I said, Lord, I'm not going to write it. 
He said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. How many of you have won an argument with Jesus so far? It's impossible. So it took me a year to obey him, and I did. And I overcame the fear of death in my life. And right now, there's absolutely no fear in my heart whatsoever. And I get a lot of threat in my life, but that doesn't bother me a bit. As a matter of fact, we are moving to a very serious area in California where there are a lot of Muslims, one million of them. And I have to deal with a lot of them on a daily basis. And this is the book of my testimony called Blood of the Sword, Blood of the Cross. If you'd like to know how, what happened to me and how I came to Christ. And then a book about the redemption of Jesus, what Jesus has accomplished for us. Our Baptist preacher read this recently, and he said, Pastor, everything I've been preaching has been not in accordance to the Scripture. And he, he has changed 360 degrees all the way around. And he's preaching the gospel now. And his entire family is on fire for God reading this book. I encourage it to every one of you. What we like to do, take five minutes to show this video. And then if you have any questions, I'll answer it. Can we go ahead and look at this video? And if you have any questions concerning Islam or what's happening in the Islamic world. is a shock to those who had been expecting a second round vote-off with reformist candidate Mirosel Moussavi. Hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets of Tehran. Reformers, pro-government supporters demonstrated in scenes unprecedented. Iran was hit with harsh economic and political sanctions. Iran is deliberately causing maximum problems. Iran is a threat to world peace. About 15 years ago, God gave me a vision concerning a great outpouring over Iran. As you see behind me, these masses of unreached Muslims who have never heard the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1990, 
the Lord gave Pastor Reza Safa a vision concerning satellite TV. This vision would bring about an outpouring of God's Spirit over Iran. In May of 2003, the vision became a reality. Pastor Reza began airing three hours of Christian teaching on an Iranian satellite station. The result was phenomenal. Hundreds of Iranians came to Christ through these broadcasts. Our office was overwhelmed with calls from Iran. Iranians from all over the Middle East and Europe were calling us long distance. And as a result of these hundreds of calls that were coming into our office, we soon realized that we needed more phone counselors to help us answer calls in the Persian language and lead people to salvation. In 2006, TBN and Najat TV joined forces to establish TBN Najat TV, a full-time Christian television network in the Farsi language that would blanket the Middle East, Europe, and North America. Amen. <laughs> I knew immediately that this is it. This is the beginning of the fulfillment of the vision that God showed me and that great outpouring has now started. We can reach and change the hearts of millions of Muslims through this network who would never otherwise be reached by any other means. For the first time in the history of an Islamic nation, a major change is taking place. Today, there is a hunger for freedom in the hearts of millions of Iranians. A cry for freedom from oppression, freedom from fear, and freedom from Islam. This network is a gigantic fishing net that God has cast over the Muslim world in order to bring in this great end-time harvest of souls in the Middle East. I have peace in my heart. I'm forgiven. I've been healed. I've been healed. I've been redeemed. I have hope. I'm saved. I have been restored. I have peace. I have hope. I found salvation. I found I've hope. been delivered. I have joy. I am set free. I said at the outset <clears throat> that there's only one way that uh, what you've heard today will be overcome, and that is the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So no military action is going to stop this. No political uh, setup is going to stop this. Only the Word of God. 